Welcome, everyone. Another edition of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. And to my left is not Victor Greenwood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is actually uh, other co-host, Kevin Figures. What up? Uh, however, for all you Victor fans out there, don't know how many there are, but uh, he will be uh, here later. We're actually doing a double podcast today. Oh, doubling up. Okay. You know, daily podcast, double podcast. We are just so busy and so thrilled because today is opening day. Mm-hmm. We also got my boy Xavier coming through. Uh, he has some new projects out. Up and coming rapper here in Los Angeles. He's going to join the podcast. Going to talk some topics about. He was in Atlanta for All Star Weekend. Woo. He saw some stuff go down. I can imagine. <laughs> so this is going to be a pretty long episode. We got Lakers and Andre Drummond. We got Steph coming to the Lakers? Question mm-hmm. mark. Uh, NCAA men and women Final Four. Uh, opening day, as we said, a lot of good stuff happening. So stick with us. But first, Figs, I sent this in the group chat. And no one cared but me. <laughs> Something near and dear to only your heart. <laughs> only my heart. No one cares. It's so funny because I get so excited thinking like, oh my God, oh my God. And then no one cares. So there was a report today in the LA Times that said that there's some fighting going on within the Spanos family. For those of you guys who are not aware, this Dean Spanos uh, is the owner of the Chargers. Uh, worked for the team by a personal worth. It's almost like what Frank McCourt did for the Dodgers and why MLB eventually stepped in and basically took the team from him and forced him to sell. It seems like you're putting all your eggs in one basket. You are. That's what it's seeming like. And then the funny thing to me is in the report, it says that he's doing all this just to try to get the team to get more money so that by 2024, he can sell it anyway. Which I swear, I feel like I was <laughs> I was screaming on deaf ears Back in, when did they move back? Or when was it announced? 2016. Yeah. I said, the only reason you do this is so you can sell it. His only objective when he decided to move this team to Los Angeles was to try to get more money out of the franchise. Because if it's going to raise, the, the value of the franchise raising only means something if you're actually trying to sell it. Right. His thought was, I'll move here. I'll put some assets into the team. We'll have a little bit of money. We'll be running at a deficit, but we're in a brand new stadium that we're not paying for. Yep. We'll yep. get a, a nice fan base. We'll win some. We'll win a little bit. We'll be a good playoff team. We'll get assets coming in. We'll build up the value of the franchise. And I felt that by 2030, he was going to try to sell the team. So, and this is just a brand new report that I'd never heard of before. It does not surprise me one bit. It's it's the report is saying he's Dean Spanos is going from bank to bank to bank, borrowing yeah. from each bank to pay off another bank. And it's also interesting because when you look at that value of the franchise, which everyone thought once you erase San Diego and put Los Angeles, the value was going to go so high that he would have you know suitors to sell to. Right. But doing estimations in previous reports. If he would have got that new stadium, like you said, in San Diego, the estimation of the franchise would have gone up regardless. Yeah, all of these franchises' values are going up regardless of where you're located. If you're in the NFL or the NBA specifically, you know how much the Mets just went for for, for Cohen. But if you're in a major league franchise, every major league franchise is worth over a billion dollars at this point in time. Even in the, the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't know this off the top of my head, at worst they're probably worth like 900 and something million dollars. <laughs> right, That's right. That's every franchise. And as these TV contracts get signed, by the way, the NFL just signed just about a $10 to say billion dollar TV just contract. Just about to say that. Which is an asset for the Chargers, by the way, so their value goes up even higher just based on that. So his thought was, I'll get money coming into the team once we move to Los Angeles, on top of the fact that we are now L.A., not San Diego, on top of the fact that TV money is coming in. By 2024, we'll have so much, we can sell it off. I can get some money and fade off into the sunset, and who cares what the Chargers are doing at that point? Right, and I think it's also interesting like to talk about that TV deal, and we're going to segue a little bit here, is, or to bring up another bullet point, I should say, is 
Amazon is a part of that TV deal. Right, correct. And everyone thinks, oh, Jeff Bezos has expressed interest in getting into the NFL. Right. And if you're the world's richest man, why wouldn't you want to go to the NFL? Right. And if you're the NFL, vice versa, why wouldn't you want the world's you're, richest man? The NFL could have Stan Kroenke and Jeff Bezos as the owners of their two L.A. franchises. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah, exactly. Why would you not? Yeah, so now you look at Jeff Bezos. For him, he's like, okay, I can own this football team in L.A. So, Dean, maybe he knows something that we don't know. Mm-hmm. He did put out a response saying that, I guess it's four of them. There was four siblings right. who are Correct. part of this trust. And if she, and he said in his in quote, if she, D, would like to sell her stake, the remaining three of us would be more than happy to buy it. I'm sure they would. And I think it's interesting because I would love to see how the league responds to this because I don't think we're going to see a big response from the league. No. And the reason why I say that is because during the summer, and even previous, like previous before the summer, but during the offseason, we saw so much pressure from Dan Snyder, mm-hmm. the owner of the Washington football team, to get rid of the name, right. and then it came down to FedEx, the sponsor of the stadium they play in, and like, hey, you got to get rid of the name, got to get rid of the name. Then this huge bombshell story comes out about how he was, to put it gently, you know, pimping girls to his, his cheerleaders, yeah, his cheerleaders to his wealthiest clients, and then everyone thought, oh, he's got to sell a team, he's right. got to sell a team, got to sell a team. And then yesterday it's reported that he got unanimous vote from his 31 other owners to take 100% control of the Washington football team. Yeah. So I was like, so all these guys want to sell off? Cool. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. It t- basically, it takes a lot for the league to fall out of favor with an owner, I yes. guess is the greater point that we make when it comes to Dan Snyder. So even from in a situation like this, there's a legal situation. She's taking him to court. It just takes a lot to prove that somebody is financially incompetent to run a major franchise. Most of these franchises are run at some sort of debt. That just happens. That happens all the time. And they re- yeah. because they know eventually they're going to be able to catch up. And again, Dean Spanos can bring a bunch of numbers to the table and say, look, our projections are this and our PSLs are going to be that. Give us six years and we'll be, we might not be even, but we'll be closing that debt gap. Right. And that's hard to disprove in a situation like this. I don't know how she could possibly win. In the situation, to be yeah. honest. Well, I think it's funny because I think, like, Dean is already, I, I believe, running out of favor with other owners. Because I do believe he, not going to say lied, but definitely misled and said, we had this many fans in Los Angeles. Right. We had this many fans in Orange County. They will buy those personal seat licenses, those PSLs, as you said. If we build it, they will come. I think that's what he told the other NFL owners. They were looking at those games in Carson going, hey, what is this? Like, right. where is that fan base you sold us on? And you're right, he could project those numbers, but we know that he's in financial you know, yeah, ruins. Right. I look at that, and he might fall out of favor with other owners because of that. But then Dan Snyder has this racist name. Yeah, right. It has these sexual harassment you know, allegations, and he gets full control of his team. So to see like Dean Spanos, if he were to fall out of favor with other owners for fi- like finances, mm-hmm. that would be just so... American, like American, big time. Uh, just that would be. And then another thing too is I don't know if you ever watched Succession. I know of it, but I'm not seen HBO. It. No. Oh my god, give me all the family drama. Really, I love all this, with the exception of my family. I love family drama. Like <laughs> Succession is great. Like this is all it is. It's like you have one. Well, I mean Alex Spanos, the patriarch, he passed away, but Succession, this you know multi-billionaire who runs this network, and he's got three kids that could run the network once he steps down. It's mm-hmm. like. Oh, this is real life succession going on. Yeah. And this is the real I would love to see a reality show about this now. <laughs> I'm sure. Now now yeah. I'm intrigued. 
That would uh, be fun. Justin oh. Herbert, mm. rookie of the year, good for him. Keenan Allen, love him, good for him. No, no, give me the drama that goes inside the front office. Like, I can imagine. This is like ballers, but better. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, anything's better than ballers, in my opinion, because, you know. Well, you know, I never saw ballers either, but I did not get the greatest reviews from it either. From it's the just, I mean, it's you, you see everything that's coming ahead, and it's they're more reaction and like they're not proactive. I don't know. It's were just, they just being overly? Was it like like game changers where they were just over exaggerating everything? No. See, I think at least with with that, like when you rip stuff straight from the headlines, playmakers that was on ESPN. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was fantastic. I was like, right. this is great. Like that whole Michael Vick character and right, like, all right, that right. stuff. Guys are doing lines of coke in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, that was cool with me. But you look at ballers. Ballers like the story. Like the like the script wasn't. Really, it was. It's it's entourage with football, but it's Got just. It. It's the same thing over and over. That's just my opinion. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that. No, no, it's quite all right. It's, it's quite all right. <laughs> you know, but just... I know Curtis is one of the few who's still holding out hope that at some point in time, the Chargers will move back to San Diego. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Right. Well, uh, but I think step number one, if that was to happen, is to get the franchise out of the hands of Dean Samanos and into the hands of someone who actually has money, like Jeff Bezos. The problem right. is... It's going to take a lot to relocate a team out of L.A. to a smaller market. Exactly. That's going to be really, really hard exactly. to do. Now, I think the only thing that would help that is to look at what Aztec Stadium looks like. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be done in 2022. If Dean is serious about selling the team in 2024, and it, again, I wonder if I wonder if the NFL would make the new owner pay a six hundred fifty dollar like six hundred fifty million dollar relocation fee to move back to San Diego. Probably, I probably. I, I mean, mean the NFL have... is going to do whatever it can to get more cash <laughs> in the pocket. That's how our businesses operate. Yeah, I wonder if like how that's going to look once it's done. You know, being built, and who knows what can happen in two to four years. I mean, right, who, who knows what's going to happen like in the summer? Exactly. Let, let alone uh, we just are getting over COVID. I know Figs and I. Uh, I know for myself, I got the Johnson Johnson vaccine, so I'm very happy about that. Uh, we were recently in San Diego. For my birthday, which thanks Figs for so much. It was oh, yeah. a lot of fun. Weather was great. Uh, but opening day. Uh, That's right. It's here. It's here. I was I was watching the Padres early. They're on right now. Mm-hmm. And they have 8,000 fans at the game. Uh, apparently here in L.A. County and Orange County, we're in Orange. I think San Diego's the same thing. So we can have 33%. Thirty-three percent in the stadiums, and then I heard that we in a couple weeks we'll be at yellow. I Correct. guess that's the next year below, and that is sixty-seven percent. So it jumped from, I believe, eight thousand fans, five thousand fans, or eight thousand fans, which the Petco Park currently mm-hmm. allows, and it would jump to thirty. Like, that's amazing. Once we go from orange to yellow, now it also depends on uh, the amount of seating, how it's structured. Because I use the Dodgers for an example, I know an orange tier. They're technically allowed to have about, I think it's about 20 some odd thousand, 23, 24,000. I could be off a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it has to account for the staff that's working there, the media that's there. So even though you can say, oh, 26,000 people can be in here, fans, you're probably looking at like 17 or 18. Yeah. If you're talking concession people, staffers, parking attendants, whoever, all that counts against the number two. So just because. Like 20% of capacity might be a certain number. That doesn't necessarily mean that's how many people fans will actually be able to go watch. Sit there. That makes sense to me. Yeah, but I'm just excited that the game is back. I'm excited to see people in the stands outside yeah. of cardboard cutouts. Yeah. It's just refreshing to turn the television on on a random afternoon and have actual baseball going on with fans in the stands. We missed that last year. Yeah, we, we really did. And I think the cool thing about it is we are taking it slow, us yeah. here in California. 
But President Biden already came out and said the Rangers are making a huge mistake yeah. with allowing 100% capacity. Like, Everything you just said, with like, <laughs> how many people can actually go? Yeah, Texas is yeah. just like... Present this, present that. It's like, nope, open up the doors. Come on in, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I want to see what happens with that because are those teams going to make more money quicker? And then is that going to force other teams and organizations' hands? Because if you look at the the one that always gets me is... They might as well just be called the Tampa Bay Raptors at this point, the Tampa Bay Blue Jays at this point, because they're not going back to Toronto. (laughs) But it's going to be interesting to me with Florida and Texas really loosening the mandates further. How how quickly the fans are going to get there, and are we going to see another uptick in the summer? And it's just that's that's the fear. I mean, I saw Chicago's mayor. I believe they said they were going to roll back. If the COVID numbers happen to happen to jump, because really? they, they're letting Cubs and, and White, White Sox fans and all that for outdoor, but they say if the numbers continue to jump, which I guess in Chicago specifically the numbers have been going up the last week or so, they will scale back and not allow as many fans into stadiums. So it is up to the, so it's not even up to the major league franchises. You know, the Angels can scream and holler, "We want more fans," but well, if the state doesn't and the county doesn't allow you to, it doesn't matter what the team wants. So that's where the kind of the internal battle goes. You know, will the franchises try to put pressure on the municipalities and mm. say, we need to get more fans, we need to get more money? I don't know. Yeah, it's, I just, I fingers crossed, like, so hopeful that we can just continue to do this because I would yeah. love to go to a game at some point this season and not spend $2,000 on the resale market <laughs> on mean, a regular season baseball game. I do feel by the time we get deep into the summer, hopefully for a mo- many of the places, because you mentioned it's Texas and Florida, for the majority of the country is still not opening up 100% like they are. So I feel like if things are trending in the right direction, I know, was it today or yesterday, people over 50 are eligible to get a shot. Yeah. And then I think April 15th or 16th, everybody over the age of 16 are eligible and they just ran a trial study for teenagers with Pfizer and 100% effectiveness. So most likely in the next couple of months, teenagers and kids will be able to be vaccinated. Right. So we start getting into July, August. Maybe it'll never be 100% for, for until, you know, maybe the postseason. Yeah. But we might trend towards 60 70% capacity for most of the stadiums by the time we get there for trending right. I, so. I, I just wonder, like, with that, like, with teens, like, it's going to suck because they're going to get their shots. Be like, oh, my God, it's summer. And the next thing you know, it's like, back to school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, y'all are good to go back. I know. That'd <laughs> which, be the worst. Which is probably better than them being with their parents. But, but it, for football <laughs> season. I know Roger Goodell said they are fully expecting full attendance in every single stadium by opening day for the oh, NFL. NFL going to get that money. Yeah. 100%. NFL gonna get that money. I mean, controversially, they allowed fans at certain places last year oh, when it right. was still a little bit, you know, touch and go as to whether or not fans should be in there. But like, Texans Chiefs opening day at the kickoff. Sure wow, did. I totally Kansas forgot about City that. had fans all season long. Wow, yeah. totally Jacksonville. Well, did Jacksonville really have fans? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, du- Duval, who knows? Yeah, um, but no. But let's get to what's actually going on on the diamond. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your biggest overall thoughts? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, this season MVP home run leader division champs what do you like what are some of your biggest predictions for this season well I'll say the the big one for me happened just before opening day and that was uh, Francisco Lindor signing a giant contract with oh, the Mets he got his money so he just what did he sign for like a million dollars more than Tatis got oh, it was 341 okay. compared to 340 okay and you know he went his agent was like hey, hey oh 100%. give me that give me that meal give that's, me that meal <laughs> that's negotiations I believe he's a Scott Boris guy but I'm not 100% oh yes but somebody I know who for sure is is Corey Seager so I know the Dodgers kept an eye on that because he's a pending free agent this was supposed to be like the greatest shortstop free agency class in the history of the sport 
and it will be. There's one another name off the market, but Seager's going to be out there. Trevor Story's going to be out there. I know Correa resigned with the Astros last week, but if Seager has a humongous year, like people feel he will, if he stays healthy, he can be the regular season MVP. He was the MVP of the World Series last year. Right. He put up really good numbers. He just hasn't stayed healthy for 162 for a couple of years. Now imagine going into his free agent year. He was just the MVP in the World Series. If he wins the MVP of the regular season. Oh, give me all the money. He might get $400 million. He might get Trout kind of money. <laughs> yeah, give me all the loot. Right, which means he's not coming back to the Dodgers. There's no way they're paying him that much. Right, and I think a, a big thing for me was looking at all the odds, mm-hmm. like future odds. So like the Padres are plus 900 to win the World Series. And I was like, okay, like that's a pretty good value that's very good. at yes. World Series. For sure. I mean, they still get it past the Dodgers, and you talk about Corey Seager, but – Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts, I believe, are the odd. I think Juan Soto's Juan Soto for the Nationals is one. Okay, and then Bellinger and Betts are two, three. Like, are, it's you know, it's, I'm surprised Bellinger is that high in the MVP voting. That's what I said. Bad I, he was last year, and he's still coming off of a, a shoulder surgery in the offseason. I thought that too. So I, I for really me, did. that would be like a really. I would think, oh, he's probably going to be like eighth or ninth. That'd be a good value bet. Yeah. Him being second in the MVP list for the for a National League is really, really surprising to me. But I guess it's also because it's it's odds, and the one yeah. thing about odds is like it's not so much what we think is going to happen; it's who people are putting money Correct. on. And I'm Correct. sure there's so many people who saw him play really well in the playoffs, saw bets, or just like, oh, they're Dodgers, boom, boom, boom. Because yeah. I didn't even see Tatis listed in the top three, and I found that I found that to be intriguing. But my biggest sleeper for NL MVP, Manny Machado. Well, I mean, wasn't he, he finish second last year? He, okay, so here's my – but I think when you talk about that deal that Tatis got. Yeah. Tatis gets this huge deal, cover of MLB The Show. Yep. One of, like I think he's number two, three, or four. He's in the top five in jersey sold. He's making all this noise. He's like the new young face of baseball, yeah. And I'm thinking Machado's looking at him like big brother, like, right. oh, I remember when that was me. Exactly. Oh, I'm about to ball out this year. That's the thing. As great as Tatis was, I feel like he was kind of like the hot new Ferrari on the street. And people just, I say people, I mean like the general fan. The media obviously knew how good Machado was oh, yeah. last year because he was voted second for MVP. But he had a fantastic year. Yeah. So he didn't go anywhere. But to your point, he's being overshadowed a little bit by the new hot young guy. Right. So maybe it is like a, hey, y'all, before y'all forget, I'm still here. Yeah, exactly. And But if I'm him, like, yeah, I got, you know. Don't want to be off in his business, but he makes pretty good money. Got a house in Miami. Got a house in San Diego. You living okay? Yeah, it's like, he ain't hurting either. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. He'll be fine. My big question for you is because everyone knows I'm a Padre fan. Yep. You're an Angels fan, which I don't think a lot of people know. Yeah. Uh, is this the year Mike Trout wins a playoff game? <laughs> got to get back to the playoffs for one. I know. That's what I'm like. to the playoffs once. I think he was like 0 for 8 with three strikeouts or something. And they got swept by the Royals. It was one of those years the Royals played the Giants. I don't know if they won or lost that year. But it doesn't make it doesn't matter. Mm. Uh, I don't know. The problem with the Angels has always been it's been the same issue for the last eleven years. They're pitching, right? How good is their starting pitching? And I don't think they made a lot of improvements here in the offseason. Their mm-hmm. bullpen is better. They've definitely improved there. They brought in Iglesias. Mayers is back, or Myers is back. He's a really good player. Offensively, they should be fine. They have been fine. You got Trout. You got Rendon. Otani, if he's healthy enough, that's a big one, two, three in your lineup. You know, or three, four, five in your lineup. That's that's amazing. Can they get quality starting pitching is the question. I don't think so, quite honestly. I like Jose Quintana, but I don't love him. If Shohei Otani can be Shohei Otani of three years ago, that'd be amazing. But he hasn't been able to do that because his arm has fallen off the first two weeks of the season every single year. Mm -hmm. So if they can get, if he can be their ace, if Andrew Heaney can be solid, 
if Jose Quintana could be solid enough, if they could be similar to the championship team in 0-2 where they had good enough starting pitching and by the time they got to the sixth, they gave it over to the bullpen without blowing it, they'll be fine. Or at least they'll be in the running. Yeah. But as of now, they're they're still, I think, a ways away. They don't have the pitching for me. Oh, wow. And it's funny you mentioned Otani because he's a good value pick on both Cy Young and MVP. Interesting. I think he's closer to MVP. I would agree. Than he is Cy Young. He's a better hitter than he is a pitcher. But I he, feel like he's a good pitcher. He could be a potentially great hitter. Right, but he's got time. Like he As does. you said, he, he's got time. Um, but sticking here in Los Angeles, because we are a West Coast uh, show, Andre Drummond mm. made his debut with the Lakers. Stepped on his big toe. Got his big toe stepped on. Stepped on, on a big toe. Uh, Brooke Lopez stepped on his big toe, and apparently he said he ripped the toe off. Uh, if, for, if that's happened to anybody, it hasn't happened to my toe, but it happened to my finger once. It is a very unique type of pain. Oh, that's I, the only way I can describe it. And so I can imagine, and I believe Marcus Mo- or Markeith Morris said this after the game as well. He said, this happened to me some years ago. I tried to play through it, but you just don't recognize Having a shoe on, a sock on over a shoe, and how Plus much tape? I yeah, think it, like yeah. and you press off of your foot or your big toe, all that you propel yourself off of your big toe. He said, "How much pain that is I, to have the top of your foot that scrapes up against the top of your shoe or your sock." He said, "It's a different kind of pain, completely different kind of pain." So people that want to mock, like, "Oh, your fingernail, it's fine. Stop being a, it's like, no man, no, that, that I'm hurts. You, this is yeah. this is real." Yeah, Andre Drummond played 14 minutes. Scored four points of two of six uh, shooting as he saw his toenail at halftime. Yeah. Did not come back. But the Lakers, I mean, not just the Lakers. Like, the Lakers haven't played well for the last couple games. And I think they're now at, like, the people are catching up to them. Yeah. Well, they'd won two in a row, but they also played with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They weren't playing Magic. Row. Play yeah. like Magic. Play Orlando, who they almost lost to. Yeah. And then Cleveland, who they put it on pretty good. But that they're at a point like this now. I was talking to somebody the other day about the Lakers saying, like, oh, these are games they have to win. And I was like, there's no such thing as a game that they have. Just you want them to be able to beat up on bad teams. But right now, they're not a good team themselves. And it's not because their talent is terrible, but... It's built around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's built around two guys. They're not built to have Dennis Schroeder be the guy. Yeah. You know, so there's an adjustment period when you're built to play a certain way, and all of a sudden your two big guns are out. Your Kuzmas and your those guys aren't good enough to be able to carry the load against quality basketball teams night in, night out. Well, so the funny thing to me is, like, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed they're called lower third graphics. If you're ever watching a game and they're saying coming up and they're trying to preview the game that's coming up, they will have a picture of two of the marquee stars to get the fans engaged in who's playing. And people were making so many jokes about how bad some of these lower thirds had been. Yeah. So last night, Bucks-Lakers was Giannis versus Dennis Schroeder. And then, like, it was the Atlanta Hawks versus the Warriors. Trey Young versus Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. And I, my biggest point is, like, the league, I feel like the NBA right now is at a lull during the season. So you lose LaMelo. Yeah presumptive easily rookie of the year rookie of the year ad's been out for a minute yep lebron he's not in no rush to come back yep. steph curry and the warriors been banged up mm-hmm. james harden had to leave last night against the rockets and they're already still missing kevin durant, durant. Right. so now you're sitting here as a, an nba fan thinking wow am i gonna have to continue to watch the washington wizards and yeah. westbrook get triple double after triple double who are but, the faces of the league for me to watch on a random oh, thursday night you know isn't it crazy yeah. and it's like i think we're supposed to like the suspense has always been well we're gonna have a playing game right we're gonna have these if you're if you're you know one through six you're fine but if you're seven through ten playing game right i don't want i don't want to see some of these teams play I don't either that's why <laughs> I, was never, I was not a fan of the rule to begin with only if 
My thing, if they're if let's say seven, eight, nine are within a half game of each other or something, maybe. But if like last year, if you had a team that was six games over five hundred and they're sitting in the seventh seed and the and the eighth seed is six games behind them, why do they need to play it off? We clearly right. know who the better team is. Right. I know why they did it because it's more money. More That's team why any, games. Why does yeah? Why does any league do anything to get more games on t on you know for in front of viewers? I get it, but for just from a quality standpoint. Nine times out of out of ten, those first round series, the one and two seed usually mop the floor with seven and eight. I'd Correct. say nine point five times out of ten. So it, why what's why even bother? That I think that's my biggest thing. I'm getting like in it, you know, after we talk about the NBA All Star game that shouldn't have happened, <laughs> yeah. and now with the second half, I'm like, I kinda have and I know I probably shouldn't say this, I kinda have like NBA regular season fatigue. I, well, I also don't you feel like it always happens this time of year? We're in I was gonna we're in March, early April. If there is a dog days of the NBA season, people talk about the dog days of baseball being like your July, early right. August, whatever. I do believe that maybe two or three weeks after the All-Star break is usually that lull for the NBA schedule. The teams, the good teams, generally speaking, have kind of separated themselves. You have your teams who are kind of fighting for playoff spots at the bottom. But it's like, all right, this is game number 59 on a random Tuesday in March. Do I have to watch it? Yeah. I kind of feel like we run into this every single season. So I will be smart if around this time the NBA would try to get their best matchups on TV at this point. Now, you have Bucks lakers last night. Right, right. Who could have predicted that LeBron and AD wouldn't be playing? Exactly. So, at the very least, you want to try to have good matchups around this time of year with the knowledge that I'd say between games 56 and games 70 is kind of just, yeah, we're neither here nor there. It's yeah. uh, another game is on TV. I'll watch tomorrow. <laughs> it's kind of that It's kind of that state. I'm, I'm hoping that. But I, I do think since there is a playoff, like a play-in game and with the playoffs, I believe that there's going to be some teams who are going to say, hey, if you're out, just going to rush you a little bit more just because these are someday like the lulls of the NBA and we want you guys to be super healthy and rested. And if you're a team like I think the biggest disappointment of the year so far, the Boston Celtics, who lost another one to the Mavs last night, it's like, hey, we really need to figure out what's going on and try to make up some ground. Because if you can't make up ground in this Eastern Conference, (laughs) I know LeBron Eastern Conference, like, no K- KD. KD's been out. KD's been out, and the Nets are still, like, they just got their one seed. And Embiid has been hurt, so you can Embiid's catch up to been hurt. Yeah, so it's like, you're looking at it, and I just think with Eastern Conference, it's it's three teams in the Eastern Conference. Basically. Miami, if they can, if Oladipo can come in and somehow. And make a bit of a difference, yeah. Somehow, then maybe I look at Miami, but other than I still that, think Miami was a function of the bubble and the and just the weird atmosphere last year. You know, them being better conditioned, having Pat, the Pat Riley mentality, grinding through, being mentally tough. That goes a long way. I think yeah. in a regular, in a general playoff season, you can probably win a couple of series doing that. But generally, talent wins out. Yeah. I don't see anybody. If Brooklyn is 100% healthy, nobody stopped. Oh, my God. No. Come on. Nobody. And, and, and they LaMarcus, just got LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus hasn't even played yet. Didn't so. even need him. And yeah. they got him. That's going to be crazy. But it is funny that you bring up the bubble because you look at it, it's not a bubble. It's not a bubble. It's a quote-unquote controlled environment mm-hmm. uh but in indianapolis you have the men's final four going on and we saw ucla even though we're both from los angeles i'm not a big ucla fan i was like eh, okay i was re- really rooting for michigan sister went to michigan right Jawan howard would have been the only black coach in this year's final four right um that didn't happen but uh the the men's tournament has kind of been like uh also, not exciting for you. Not exciting. I kind of liked it so far this year. I thought I think it's been really good. I think it's interesting because you do bring up the bubble and all that, but you talk about talent typically mm-hmm. uh, wins out. Look at a team like Oral Roberts, who if it wasn't for uh, you know a go ahead three that looks like it was going in, yeah. 
every team that has, you know, three-year starters or more upperclassmen had an advantage because they've been playing for so long. And we didn't see regional sites. Right. So if you were a one seed like a Duke or North Carolina in years past, you don't get to play at Greensboro, North Carolina, which mm-hmm. is right down the street. If you're Kentucky, you don't get Nashville, right. which is about you know four hours away from Lexington. You don't get that. So now everyone's in this controlled environment, as Insibly likes to say. Yep. And you had you had you know teams with upperclassmen winning, but I look at it now and going, it's Gonzaga and Baylor. Like that, those yeah. have been the only big talking points to me. And I believe Gonzaga, every other team that's gone into the tournament undefeated has been a storyline. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just keep putting we that for, to the we, back burner. Yeah, we just forget that they're unbeaten right now. Yeah. Or, and I don't know I don't know if it's because they're Gonzaga, because they're not Kentucky, because they're not UCLA from the Wooden days. Yeah, I don't Indiana, know why. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're, they're just not. Although, they've been really good for 25 years oh now. Oh, my God, they, yeah. Have they made the tournament 24 consecutive years, I believe it's been at this point? They've made it to a Final Four. I know they haven't won a championship yet. This is probably going to be the year. I will say I, this, this is going to be the year. This is very odd that a blue blood program like UCLA would make it as a 11 seed that had to play the play-in game with maybe one NBA player. I think Ju Zhang is probably the only player on that roster who we think is legitimately could be an NBA basketball prospect. These are all Steve Alford recruits. Most of these guys, because <laughs> the biggest recruit that they had opted out, so he's just going to go straight into the draft. And so he was going to be. He went to the G League, right? I think he went to the G League. Yeah, Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. So he went to the G League this past year. So their biggest recruits they didn't even have this year. So Cronin's playing with a bunch of guys that weren't even his. They are not supremely talented, at least from an NBA standpoint. No tournament experience whatsoever from any player. Yeah. It's very interesting that a team like UCLA, which is a basketball blue blood, is essentially a Cinderella. Yeah. That's yeah. what they are. And they're a huge, I think it's 13.5. They were 14 as of yesterday. Woo! I didn't see the line this morning. Oh, my. They were the largest. Gonzaga was the largest um, favorite in the history of the Final Four. That the, is, in the actual Final Four matchups. That is crazy. Yeah. That is, and you're right. Like, Mark Few, he's not new to this. Like, no. he's been doing this for decades. And the fact that he has players who have not only talent but personalities, yeah. you would think they would get more national attention. Not, I mean, and they have got Suggs is going to be a top five pick. I mean, they got they have like three or four guys that are legit NBA players that are all going to be number one picks whenever they decide to come out. Yeah, because before the problem with Gonzaga was before was all right, you got to add a Morrison, you got a bunch of good solid players, but nobody's going to do anything on the next level. You don't have star power. They have star power, and they're mopping the floor with everybody. Oh it was impressive gosh. to me. USC was running everybody off the floor. They play against Gonzaga, and they run them off the floor. From the get-go. Yeah, from it was the never jump, close. From opening the, tip. After the, first, the three-minute mark, you knew it was done. Yeah, like when they went up 9-0, and yeah. I think uh, USC had three turnovers. And I was like, okay, we know where this is going. Yep. And the thing that makes me laugh so much is it's always been, well, they play in the West Coast Conference. Yep. They play in the West Coast Conference. Like you're beating only, up on the little sisters. Yeah, you, know? you only play like St. Mary's has really been their only competition. They played a lot of good teams this year. They scheduled Baylor in the non-conference because Baylor had a COVID outbreak. They couldn't play each other. Yeah. That, they would have been one versus two back in December or whatever. Yeah, but they, they beat Kansas handily. Uh-huh. Yep. They beat Iowa with Iowa just – Luka Garza was named AP Player, Player of the, the Year. year. Yep. Like, they were playing they, teams and beating them. They scheduled both. They're, they are like the like Boise State in football. Remember when Boise State was on their run, but they wouldn't get the respect? Yeah. So they had to schedule Virginia Tech, and they had to schedule Georgia, and they, and they beat all of them. Right. So that's kind of where even now, as good as Gonzaga's been for as long as they've been there, in order for them to get the respect, they have to you know play major conference teams. And not just teams from major conferences, but really good teams towards the top. It's going to be interesting to me 
if they, I believe they're going to win it all. I, I, yeah, I, I don't pick see them. anybody yeah. stopping them at I this think point. maybe Baylor, but Baylor's kind of look, you know, hit and miss in the tournament. But I think Baylor starts to get Houston, and Houston, they're kind of, they, I shouldn't say under the radar. They were top 10. Was, yeah, I mean, they were the two seed. That, that's, that's the one, two. The crazy part is, even with March Madness and the craziness and upsets and all that, you know, if Wagner makes that three pointer, it's one two versus one two. Yeah, you know, exactly. so everybody that was supposed to have made it would have made it. Yeah, and I think essentially, I think if Baylor beats, or excuse me, if Gonzaga beats UCLA badly and they go on to the national championship and win the blowout as well, I think people are going to be like, "Oh, does it count?" See, that's the asterisk. That's what. But my thing is, like, why would it be an asterisk? The first of all, yes, you brought up a point about the regions and playing the first part of your schedule at home arenas are closer to your home markets. But generally speaking, the spirit of the tournament is it's neutral site all the way through. Exactly. So this is as neutral as it gets. So if anything, you're taking away the home court factor that certain teams would have. Doesn't that neutrality make it even more impressive? Okay, who's the best team? Home court advantage doesn't exist. Let's have your five versus my five. Let's put them on random court and see who wins. Yeah. That's what the spirit of a neutral site and who the best team is. There's no outside factor. We all got to deal with the exact same thing. I said the same thing about the bubble last year. I think whoever would have won the championship for the for the NBA would have gotten more credit in my eyes because it was a unique situation that everybody had to deal with. It was a level playing field. Yep. There was no home court advantage. There was yep. no fans from one side or the other yep. except you bring your mom or your cousin or whatever. <laughs> so that's the true measure of who the best team is. So I think if they run the table and smack everybody like they have been, they're easily, if not the best, definitely top three teams in the history of college basketball. Right. I, I totally There's no asterisk you. for me. I totally agree with you. Uh, I do want to flip over to the women's okay. um, Final Four because that was, you know, Baylor. Speaking of Baylor. Oh, man. Baylor against UConn. That came down Those to. Those referees, Yeah. Man. DeJounte Johnson. She goes up for a you know layup, jump shot. Gets fouled by two well, players. She got smacked on the hand and on the arm. Yeah, exactly. Like, never, and the in front of the referee. Yeah. That's the part that gets me. And this happens a lot in the NBA, too. You notice, like, a foul happens, but it's never the referee standing right there. It's the guy on the other side of the court. Oh, absolutely. And it's the most frustrating thing for me. Yeah. Like, you have to be able to, if nothing else, review the call, be able to review fouls in the final seconds of a game. I mean, I know the the referees think it makes them look bad. I actually think it makes you look better. Because right. we know it's real time. These people are going very, very fast. It's easy. You can easily miss a call, but that's why we have replay in place so you can correct these issues. The problem with officials is, oh, I'm making one of my brothers or sisters look bad if I reverse one of their calls. It's like, no, you all look bad. Right. Like everybody at home can see a replay and know that a call was wrong and you still don't correct it. Yeah. That's the problem. That's that's the biggest issue. But you want to talk about powerhouses. Like in their Final Four, the number one overall seed, Stanford, they get in. Yep. UConn, powerhouse, they get in. Love Don Staley and what yep. she's doing at South Carolina. They get in. And then you have Arizona, uh, Arizona women's uh, Wildcat. They are the first ones, uh, first team to ever make it for Arizona. So, like, shout out to them. But Which is kind of odd considering how dominant for so long their men's program yeah, was. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, when do you ever remember hearing about Arizona women's basketball? Couldn't never. tell you. Never. Couldn't tell you. I also do for – this is another podcast topic, and there's going to be some people that are upset at me. <laughs> Arizona basketball. One of the most overrated basketball schools. There's going to be a lot of people hey, upset at you. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I mean, come on. Like, Lute Olsen, yeah, he's a legend. But you guys have won one national championship. I think you have what, like, I think he's the only one that's made it to the Hall of Fame. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even players. I mean, I mean, they had really good NBA players that have come out of the program. But even lately, who are they hanging there? 
DeAndre Aiden is cool. Was yeah. he really there? If they didn't give him a backup a truck of money, he wouldn't have gone there anyway. Chase Budinger. Just, just Budinger saying. is playing volleyball. He's not even playing basketball anymore. Right. He's right. on the AVP circuit right now. Right. So, again, there's there's a lot of talk about that. But getting back to the women. Yes. Um, Paige Buecher. She's amazing. She, Paige Buckets. Yeah, I'm she, telling you. She's getting it. She becomes the first freshman ever to win AP Player of the Year. And now there's a lot of talk about should she be allowed to go straight to the WNBA? Yeah. Because they have a rule that says you have to be 22 years old. Yeah, so basically play all four years. Or, or either to be 22 or which essentially adds up to being, you know, playing three, four years in college. Yeah, I think it's like the same thing with the one, like you have to be a year removed from high school. Correct. The WNBA is different where it should be like three or four years removed. Look, I mean, the WNBA, with all due respect, you need to do whatever you can to get as many people watching you as possible. Absolutely. The earlier you can get uh, uh, Beckers in there, the better. I honestly, before this week and this became, has become a topic, I didn't even know that that was a rule for the WNBA. I don't think a lot of people did. I think we all just assumed like, oh, well, they're not good enough or why would you leave? The money's not there. The money's like, not there, yes. Yeah. So what, exactly. what would be your incentive to go like, to the We look at it as like, you go, like get your degree because you might be one of those commercials like, not everyone, you know. Yeah, exactly. Not everyone in the NCAA makes it to like right. one of those commercials. So why not stay in school for longer? But yeah, there's women make their money overseas. They don't even make money in the WNBA. Right. Which, But here, but it's so interesting you brought up money. Because you got Mark Emmerich, who I think is a crook, which is one of the worst. Like <laughs> I'm gonna say, like he's just bad. He's just bad at what he does. Yeah. He met with NCAA players and he talked a, a lot about uh, the hashtag not, not NCAA property that mm-hmm. some of the men's players were wearing. He had to talk about that, you know, just disgraceful weight room the women got when right. their tournament first started, and he failed on both levels. Big time. He failed with talking about why. Uh, both men and women cannot like waive their national letters of intent, mm-hmm. and how come they can't make money off their likeness? Mm-hmm. And he failed by like pushing the buck onto the athletic program, saying, "Well, if you would have told us how much revenue you're bringing in, we could have given you like a bigger." Wa-. Like he pushed That's the buck on everything. So to bring it back to Paige at UConn, she is the most followed person of anyone in the men or women's final four. Is she really most like most followed on Instagram? She could be making money right now Absolutely. if she were able to get paid off her likeness. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think like, oh, yeah, it's the same teams over and over again. Stanford's been great. UConn's been great. But it's like, no, these players the who have been great for so like for these powerhouses and both men and women could be making money off their likeness right now. And then maybe you won't have that stigma of, you know, inequality, whereas women aren't as good as the men. Yeah. So I think there is something there. And I hope... Mark Emmerich, who I'm not going to call him a crook, but you're right. Yeah. Like, I hope he gets replaced because I know there's reports that a lot of athletic directors and commissioners of the individual leagues and conferences are not very happy with him. Well, I mean, look, I mean, he's, he's been brought to court you know, or going to Congress. This is how, how far this thing has gone with his name, image, and likeness. So the NCAA and, like, uh, Congress are going back and forth about this entire, are you guys going to actually do something on your own or do we have to get deeper and more involved in this? And every time the NCAA presents a new proposal, there's a giant flaw in it somewhere. Yeah. They just won't give the, the kids exactly what they're asking for. And also people are like, well, these kids need to, you know, fall in line and actually they need to know authority and all that. It's like... No, not in this particular situation. Yeah. Not when you are making billions of dollars with a B off of the stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. Not when I can see an NCAA championship commercial and there's giant photos of Anthony Davis making jumpers. How much money is Anthony Davis getting from that ad? <laughs> right, he ain't right. getting a squat. Right. I know he's getting paid at the NBA level, but it's not about that. It's about the principle of it. Yeah, it's if you if, if you were a music student, an art student, a theater student, and you made a uh, number one son album, you sold a painting or you were able to get cast into a film, 
you're making money. Yeah. It doesn't, it, you just happen to be a college student, but you still can do something in college, make that project, and mm-hmm. make money. Why can't I do the same thing that's generating billions upon billions of dollars into these, you know, trustees and a lot I just and it can be easily regulated you can have an office dedicated specifically to name image and likeness with your compliance department yep. everything has to be run through everything is audited at the end of the this is it it shouldn't be that difficult yeah you know that that's the that's the thing that gets me it's yeah. not that hard it sounds like you're a job creator yeah you want to bring more you're trying. you're trying to boost the economy like that sounds like a great department well, no but you got people like Mark Emmert that they don't want their bottom line affected by it, it but they're a nonprofit. of course they, of course they are of course <laughs> they are it just it makes no sense to me but um i will just you know say it right now the women's final four in the women's tournament they have been balling and it's mm-hmm. been a lot of fun it's been exciting actually it's been yeah. a, and it's been uh exciting where you have uh coach barnes for arizona mm-hmm. and then don staley that we uh are she already won a national championship yep. two black coaches mm-hmm. in the women's final four first time in Big history yep. that that's ever happened on the women's side so Really pulling for both of them. Shout out to C. Vivian Stringer for being kind of a oh, pioneer trail, for all of this. Trailblazer. She was amazing. Trailblazer. So uh, that's this weekend with the Final Four. Uh, Figs, I know you got to get daddle. We're going to have part two of this podcast uh, later on. You guys continue to listen. we got some more topics coming up. Um, and it's opening day, guys. Opening day. Baseball's back, baby. Grab Baseball. yourself a hot dog. Grab yourself a beer. Whatever <laughs> you like. Whatever your vice. And enjoy some of... Uh, America's pastime. I know the NFL is surpassing in popularity, but that is still America's pastime to me. So it's still go. fun to watch on this one day. Big time. On this one day. So you guys stay tuned. Going to do a little pit change here, uh, and we'll be right back. Peace out. All right, everyone. It's part two of the Equally Responsible Opinion Show. Two niggas on the couch. It is a long show, so thank you for sticking with us. We have our first ever guest on this show, and I will let him introduce himself. He is sitting to my right. We met probably 12 years ago. Wait, when was 2008? Yeah, okay. Damn. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was that yeah, long ago. Jeez. Yeah, so we met at uh, Grossmont College in a public speaking class, and uh, please tell us, who, sir, who are you, what you're doing, what you got? Hey, what's going on, man? I go by the name of Xavier. Curtis, thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for coming on. It's been a long time. Last time I saw you, uh, we were at the airport, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> safely at the airport. Safely at the, <laughs> safely at the airport, COVID restrictions and all. <laughs> yeah. You were headed to Vegas. And I was headed to Atlanta. Yes. That's the last time we saw each other. Yes. So, uh, Xavier, we met, and you told me your, like, your whole story when we first met, like, aspiring rapper. I was like, okay, that's cool. Uh, but before we even get to any of that, please tell our audience, because this is something <laughs> that we joked about before, was how they were wilding in Atlanta during All-Star wow. Weekend. And I know you had a first-hand experience with yeah, all that. So, that, that so was, please, yeah. please tell us what happened. That was the first time I'd ever been there, so I didn't really Ooh. know what to expect. You know, me and you had talked to the airport. You kind of gave me some places to stay away from and some places <laughs> to definitely try to go to. So, um, yeah, while we were there for the entire weekend, they were on, on the Citizens app. I downloaded it there for fun just to see. Downloaded it for fun. Yeah, yeah, this, is getting, yeah, this, yeah, is this is getting better already. So there were 75 shootings in a three-day span. Ooh. Oh, my 
75 alerts that popped up on my phone that I was I had the pleasure of seeing. So the first night we were there, we went to Magic City. Yep, got yeah, got to. Yeah, got yeah to. it lived up to the expectation. I didn't have a chance to try the chicken wings. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. I, there wasn't like enough room to stand, so I was just happy to just be in there, and I was in awe of what was happening. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's like more of like a Cirque du Soleil show that they put on there. Okay. Oh, that's all it is, just Black Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like in there. Cause it's just like the structures that are built into the roof yeah. that uh, that kind of have the infrastructure and they trust it and it, and it supports them. Second night, um, we, went and we went we went to some place that I would definitely not advise anybody attend. I think it's called like Blue Ivy. Okay. Um, it stays open until eight a.m. It's a strip club that stays open until eight a.m. No, there, there were there were no masks. The security guards were strapped, as in as everyone in Atlanta is strapped. I, <laughs> I felt like I was the only person in that strip club that didn't have a gun, actually. Yeah. Um, and we were there till probably like six a.m. the second night. Did they serve breakfast at that time? They did not, but they were serving food all the way up until five a.m. And, and yeah, like, oh, yeah, no, saying some arbitrary, <laughs> some arbitrary time. And here, I noticed that the security guard like in LA are a little more pleasant out in out in Atlanta they will tell you you're not getting in get the f out of here you know yeah. what I'm saying very direct um then then Sunday night we we went to uh Sunny Digital's uh private birthday party it was at a bowling alley so you know what I'm saying I hadn't been in any shootings the entire weekend so I figured oh we're in a place where there's big money there's not going to be any mm-hmm. type of mischief know. you know what I'm that saying that sounds like almost like uh, you know niggas being niggas well it sounds almost like going to like a, a ball they were throwing Gotham City yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah, the mayor's gonna be there. There's no way yeah, the Joker no. can break yeah. in and cause havoc. <laughs> and that's what I was assuming. And then I, I was there with my girlfriend and her sister. You know what I'm saying? So like, I brought them there. No, once again, I have no gun. I'm just traveling, visiting the city. <laughs> and then I go outside uh, for a break real quick. And then inside, I hear a boom, boom, boom. It sounds like fireworks going off. I see, I just pray that my girlfriend's going to be one of the people running out. So, like, after, like, 20 people come scurrying out of there, I see her and her sister, and I just sprint towards her. It felt like a, like a movie. <laughs> then we're hiding behind, like, a power generator as we hear more gunshots going off. And then we call it Uber. You know what I'm saying? Hiding behind a power Hold generator. Oh, my God. So that's the thing that gets me. That's no, the thing so that gets like, me. I get, okay, I get your fear for your life. You're the smart thing. You hate. <laughs> but, like, you guys are, like, yelling, shooting. So you order Uber or what? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like how does that come up in no, conversation? It's not even are you ordering it? Okay, who's paying for the Uber? Yeah, no. <laughs> I think the worst part is like. So I got the last. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are we doing Uber X? Like, we all we all pulled our phones out to see who had like the closest one because we we're just trying to gather the people. Like, yo, you need a ride. I'm like, no, we don't know who's gonna be targeted on the freeway. Let's yeah. just go into a neutral that's place. A, that's a good point. Like, you need a ride. Like, you know what? I'm gonna take my risks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause you probably were shooting. Exactly, yeah, exactly. exactly. I don't know if you were the antagonist or what. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So we got out of there. And then after that, um, we ended up making friends at the, at the bowling alley. And we got invited to like a Metro booming session. Okay. So we were there till like what, probably like eight a.m. the next night, and that was, and we had to, I had to catch a flight like at eleven. So <laughs> it ended up working out, and it was just probably the craziest weekend I've had in a recent time, especially after the year time. being. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it was of all time. It honestly, was it was a great time. That sounds like one uh, Donald Glover. If you're listening, that's the episode of Atlanta. Like, boom, yeah. right there. Yeah. And two, it's crazy to, like, Atlanta, Hartfield Jackson, I think it's the airport. That's a big ass airport. Bro, big <laughs> airport. The train to the shuttle. I was like, I thought LAX was a clusterfuck, but no. Yeah. This is something else completely, yeah. bro. Because, like, you know, you know me, like, uh, huge Delta person. 
Yeah. You are flying Delta. That's their yeah. hubs in Atlanta. Yeah. So they have like 50 different Delta terminals. Okay. Mm-hmm. like in so one spot. Yeah, but they could be like on a different side. So that's just, number one, we're just glad that you're here and you made yeah. it out safely. Yeah, that's such a crazy Yeah, and story. two, you got a story to tell because that is some <laughs> random stuff. The yeah. That is the Uber thing. It's like, Oh, like who ordered like, <laughs> like, Who gives a fuck? I didn't know what the work part. So the driver rose up was like people were still friends. Were the cops there yet? Yeah, no, the cops were already there. Like the ambulance was there, and then my girlfriend was like frazzled. She was like, "Let's go. Let's walk towards the cop car. Let's go sit in the cop car. We'll be safe." It's like I'm not gonna go sit in no cop car. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to go walk and talk yeah, to the cops. Exactly. And you're, you're, not, you're from out of town. Yeah, hey, I'm from out of town. Like they could try and jam you up. Say you were there. I was like, nah, nah, nah we're not playing. Yeah, foreign territory, it's Georgia. You know what I'm saying? When, I was like, when the driver rolled up, I'm guessing he was a black person. That he was like. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no. The, the, it was actually a black girl. She drove. She's like, "Oh, they, they can't take these niggas nowhere." Like, I'm glad you guys saved. Da, 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 da. You know I was what like, "What if they like do the Uber drivers not have citizens app? Did they not? Look I know they like, didn't see that they were driving you know, towards Uber, the Uber fuck. Uber <laughs> Uber drive that motherfucker. Like, but it, it was like I've never seen um, black people in that con- in a concentrated area like that. So it was beautiful to see like black people own I mean, businesses and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you go to Atlanta, it's so different because it's like. Atlanta, Detroit, St. Louis, I'll throw like Nolans in there. It's like when you see black people, it's like, oh my God, like Chicago, like it means something. Yeah. And uh-huh. especially with Atlanta, it's, you know, Killer Mike tried to do this whole thing where it's like, I'm only supporting black business and how difficult that was to yeah. find, like going to a restaurant and going from black farmer. Like to black distributor was the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. Like, I couldn't get anywhere. There's no such thing as like, yeah. a black loan car and yeah. all that stuff. Like, so, and Atlanta's like, Atlanta, like if you ever go through, you know, the aforementioned Delta terminal, they will have a terminal that says Wakanda, uh-huh. like going to Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, but it's like I think if we were to look at the United States as a whole, Wakanda is definitely Atlanta. Yeah, like, no, that, yeah, like, that's uh-huh. what it is. Definitely. Uh, but no, you had some recent success, like past um, All Star, where you actually had a song featured on Ebro mm-hmm. on Hot ninety seven. So, what can you tell us okay. about the single that's out there that's playing? Yeah, so yeah, well, Confetti came out in February, and then they reached out. I just woke up to an email one day. They said they wanted to feature on the Ebro Apple Radio show. So, like, I grew up listening to Ebro, so that was definitely like a pat on the back. You know what I'm saying? Let yeah. you know you're moving in the right direction. Um, yeah, so that's just been that's been in rotation for like over a month now. Blessed man with the opportunity. Damn, it's gotta be crazy, like just sitting there, like listening to it. But you also said your album, like finishing touches, are coming out. Yeah, like, man, I've been working on it since the end of 2019. I was gonna drop it in 2020, but the, yeah, the world, the world ended. So I was like, oh, let me just go back and make this better. So I've been making it for like the last like 16 months, and now it's time to unleash it on the world. We got those three songs in 2K as of uh, December, so it's like in 2K21. I've always wanted to be a part of a video game that I grew up playing, so we finally crossed that one off yeah, the bucket list. So now it's just like elevating all that. Damn, I'm not even like a big video game person, but I have to imagine like Madden in 2K or like yes. the two that you yeah, want to be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you're featured, that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah no. That shit. Yeah. Like they hear, that, they hear your song, you're playing, and your song goes like, like this is me. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a huge ass flex. Not even like you playing. It's like you're at someone else's house and be like, "Damn, that's a dope ass oh, song." Oh, one hundred percent. I will do it on purpose. Yeah, just just sit stand I'll, there. I'll keep it like press playing. Just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, this song got a slap. Yeah, hey, this for oh, it's me. Yeah, and you exactly. start playing on your phone. I'm like, why does it sound so familiar? It's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Just have that. Yo, who was that? That's me. That's right. Yeah, it's his picture. Like, with a two K <laughs> cover, like next to it. Holding it like that. Dope. I've always been a Kobe fan, so like it being on that, him being on that cover. 
I was like, oh yeah, it's meant to it's be. Meant to oh be. my yeah. god, yeah. that is dope, dude. Mm-hmm. That is like, wow, I can't, I can't put your words how cool that is. But we were talking earlier off wax about uh, touring and like studio sessions. So you know, you're putting the finishing touches on your album, and I know for everyone had to adjust working from home. Mm-hmm. But like as an artist, what is it like with you know going to a studio, having an engineer, uh, having you know your boys, your girl with you. Uh, having studio session how did that all change during the pandemic so for me i personally kind of already worked remotely my my engineers in long beach and then i have like my whole setup at my spot in west hollywood so for me personally it was kind of the same in the sense of i already just here i take the track and i send it to him then he mixes it and sends it back but for like the posse cuts that i pull up to the studio for that was definitely a little different with COVID because you know everybody rolls up with their rapper weed and then they pass it to each other. But then this instance it was like, oh hey, I don't know where you've been. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, exactly. So it gets a little tricky. Everybody kind of eyeballing each other. Everybody's smoking personals, and then they, they, <laughs> then they try to like limit the amount of people that you could bring to a studio session because you know your typical rapper they'll come with like eleven people within their entourage and only two of them have something to do with music. Yeah. So they had to, so people had to start coming by themselves. Oh, you could, you could see that the. Their, maybe their confidence wasn't what it normally is, but I mean, oh, they're, they're, that's they're, interesting. They're happy going out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah the cheerleaders weren't there. Yeah, um, and then as far as like shows, those have been cold turkey. We haven't we've been having to do. I did a couple virtual shows for like people's twitches. That's a strange thing because I get my energy from the crowd. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So that's a, it has been an adjustment. But for the, for the most part, I'm just excited as I see like these baseball games are nearing full mm-hmm. attendance. Whether it's we have to have the vaccine or whatever we have to do, jump through hoops, I'm just ready to get back on stage. Back yeah. yeah, No, it's crazy because uh, we were talking earlier. Uh, I don't know if, Victor, if you've ever heard of this show. It's called Tales from the Tour Bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's created by Mike Judge. He's the same guy who created Beavis and Butthead okay. and King of the Hill. So he's voicing it, narrating it. It's almost like an animated version of Behind the Music. Okay. But they're telling like stories about like, James Brown shooting up a club, uh, Rick James, like how he found like two girls. Like it's just like like yeah. all these stories. So my question to you is like since you have been on tour, not trying to get you in trouble. No, but, you're good. You're good. Like, what's the craziest thing that you've seen like on tour or not only that, what's the craziest thing that you ever have seen on tour, done on tour? Or in the future, who would you like to tour with? So, like, as far as the craziest thing I've done on tour, um, the the whole signing boobs thing is a real thing. Like, these these girls uh, just come up to you and say, sign my boobs, like, in the middle of the show or after the show. (laughs) So that definitely happened. Um, But you have to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm... 32 years old you know what I'm saying so I want to make sure at this time that these girls are 18 you know what I'm yeah. saying oh, like so so I'm the responsible person I was like are you 18 and I made them show me that they were at least 21 because even 18 still like you could still Four, be in right. high school yeah. so like the signing of the boobs thing I made sure that that was uh, legal and and, con- yeah. and we had consent for that and then as far as like the craziest thing I saw on tour was said girls um, we were in what's this it was uh, Eugene Oregon we did a show, and then after the girls that were trying to like talk to me, because I was I have a girlfriend. You met my girlfriend, yeah. I saw I, you know what I'm saying I was, I was trying to be a good rapper, and you feel me just to, to dismiss these girls. Well, thirty minutes later, after they were dismissed, the uh, another group that was on tour with us, I won't say their name. That girl was getting passed around the tour bus, and then she <laughs> saw, and then she uh, we ended up seeing her later, like uh, on our way out of town at like a at a, like a McDonald's. They were letting her out of the tour bus at McDonald's, and I was just like. Yep, that's somebody's daughter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah. so the, all those things that you hear that happen do happen. Um, and as far as who I'd want to go on tour with in the future, 
Oh, man, that's tough. That is tough. I would say, I mean, who who would want to go on tour with Drake and do arenas every night? Oh, I mean, that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? True. Um, yeah, true. yeah um, as far as, like, independent artists, though, or anybody, uh, everybody I could think of is major. Like, J. Cole, Freddie Gibbs. I, I've been a Freddie Gibbs fan my whole career, so seeing him get his flowers now is dope. I'd say Freddie Gibbs. Yeah, mm-hmm. he definitely gets a lot of shine. Like, he put Buffalo, like, really on the map. Like, you know, it's it's always like, oh, you're from New York. It's like, oh, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, whatever. But the fact that he's doing it for Buffalo is, like, such mad respect to him. Um, well, let's get into these sports topics because we know that you're more than an artist. Yes. Uh, as you said, lifelong Laker fan. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the club. We're all Laker fans here. Mm-hmm. And it's not been good. Yes, it is. <laughs> We're fine, bro. So, so here's my Fuck thing. Kevin. Andre Drummond. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Figs and I. Andre Drummond makes his debut, plays 14 minutes, four points, gets his sto- like his toenail clipped off mm-hmm. by Brooke Lopez. He leaves the game. But no AD still. No LeBron, which I think is going to be smart. Rest him. Mm-hmm. Where, like, where do you see the Lakers? Can the Lakers make a championship run? Let's do the old sports yeah. radio question. Can they make a championship run? Yeah. If LeBron can come back and be healthy and AD can come back and be healthy, I don't see anybody beating them in the West. But as far as beating the Nets, I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if there's enough there anymore oh as far as firepower because – now the Nets have Harden, KD, uh, Kyrie, LaMarcus, Blake. They like these, yeah. and like the Lakers' third best player is Kuzma. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. in this, I mean, I know the Nets can't guard anybody, but it's just too much for LeBron to have to overcome. In my, in my assumption. Well, Victor, like you look at Brooklyn, they do get LaMarcus. He made his debut tonight when they played Charlotte, and. Uh, they, they just look like a different team. And the fact that you have Harden, who got hurt against the Rockets the other day, the fact that KD still hasn't come back, and Embiid is still hurt for the Sixers, so the Nets are basically just, like, building their lead in the East, like, Eastern Listen. Conference. Do you think if the Lakers were to play the Nets in the finals, would you, like, how would that end? You give me LeBron, 100%. You give, eight, you give Andre, 100%. You give me AD at 70 the Lakers fucking beat the Nets in six games, bro. Nice. Bring on the fucking Nets, okay? I don't give a fuck who they have, <laughs> all right? You can bring on fucking ginger-ass Blake Griffin. You can bring out oh garbage-ass Lamar Aldridge, whoever the fuck they want to grab. We're going to take them down. Kyrie's a fucking bitch. Okay. KD's a fucking bitch. All my- is fucking lazy. Oh, so my God. Okay. bring them the fuck on. Okay, so here's my question to you about KD. Yes. Uh, did you read what he said to Michael Rappaport? So I read some that of it. was hilarious. I to read me. He apologized it. about it today, but Honestly, it was Katie, hilarious. Katie gets too fucking butthurt, bro. Like, why do you even respond to these motherfuckers? Like, why? If it was a random person, I'd be like, all right, that's one thing to respond to a random person. Mm-hmm. But Michael Rappaport, who has this reputation of I'm like, talking shit, yeah. He, so if I talk shit back to you, yeah. like, why are you talking about like I'm gonna get my lawyer? I'm taking screen. Like, the biggest thing is like, why are you taking screenshots? Yeah, I lost, I lost, all, I lost favorite. all respect for Michael Rappaport. Like, he tries to infiltrate. The, our culture, our community with the things that is antics and it's fine. We accept everybody. You know what I'm saying? We let everybody inside the culture. Right. But bro, you can't be screenshotting and dry snitching. Like that is, that, that gets you excluded forever. You can't screenshot and post and try to make this man look like the villain. You guys are that's talking. wild, but it wasn't like, it's just like you talking shit to him. You guys are talking good old fashioned shit. Right. Like, that's just where, that's what you wanted to smoke and then it you screenshot like this man like and I was well, like, I think, That's why I saw it. I was like, I'm not reading this shit. Like, the thing that makes me laugh so much about it is is when you had, like, Michael Rappaport is saying Ke- Kevin Durant is soft mm-hmm. for answering a question from Charles Barkley 
that wasn't a great question. Mm-hmm. Like it was a yes or no question, which yeah. it, journalism 101, you're never supposed to let your guest only have one or two, two ways to answer it. Mm-hmm. And it was a bad question. And Charles even said, like, I don't, like, Chuck don't care. You're like, I don't give a shit. So for Michael Rapport, even to take it to that next level is one thing. But, like, it easily could have been squashed with FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And then once Katie was like, what's your address? Like, meet me on 7th. It could have been like, all right, bet. Like, we can meet up and this can go one or two ways because nothing would have happened. Nothing would have happened. Nothing would have Like, Katie's not rolling out there with, like, not, And then not solo um, either, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He might roll with, like, a bodyguard or something. He might be in the car like, go get him. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, like, he would, I don't know, man. I was so disappointed so watching stupid. that whole situation go down. It's like, wow, like this is where we are. Yeah, because now they're calling him a homophobic and all this, and he just said things that you say when you're insulting somebody. You oh, find, yeah. you find that you don't he, even. He, I doubt he feels that way about these people in life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just more so you. You're trying to tear someone down. You say the meanest things oh, you yeah, can. Yeah. Remember, I told you about last episode. Somebody called me a nigger. Well, I'll take them. Yeah, yeah. Say some wild shit back to them. Like, I don't know what to say, but it's been some wild. Yeah, 100%. I think it's just funny because KD is so quiet. And then I think mm-hmm. people need to realize, like, one, KD's from, like, you know, DC, DC like, mm-hmm. where it's a tough place to grow up, especially with, you know, single black mom with uh, two children, with mm-hmm. two boys. Like, you know, that's hard. So being a ball player out there, you know, he's heard some stuff. So mm-hmm. all these guys, they know how to talk, like, you think, oh, I got him because I said something in these 140 characters. Like, no, if they really wanted to, yeah. if they really wanted to come back to, they could. Um, I did think it was interesting that it was like a Michael Rappaport. I wonder if it was like a former player, like if a Steven Jackson or like a Matt Barnes on All the Smoke, if they would have said something. But did you guys see that clip of uh, Michael Rappaport, not Michael Rappaport, All the Smoke with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson? And they were talking about Kevin Garnett and how Udonis Haslam still wants to fight Kevin Garnett. Oh, no. I don't, you guys yeah, say, oh, my God. It's great. <laughs> what did Kevin Garnett say to him? No, so, so it's basically like Udonis Haslam was talking about, I don't know how the topic came up, but it was basically saying like, if he sees Kevin Garnett, like it's still on site. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> Kevin Garnett pissed off everybody. Yeah, no, yeah. He was saying wild But I feel like Udonis Haslam's like, it's about that life and we're like, actually like, well, he's go from, hands. Is he from Miami? Like, is he from? Yeah, Miami. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so really 305. He's really from this shit. They don't. They ain't bluff it. Like, yeah, no. Some people facts. really ain't bluff it. And he's been here his whole life. Like he's like, that's it. It's on site. I respect it. So my biggest question that I was thinking of was like, who would Katie actually go after in the NBA, like fisticuff wise? Like I was thinking that like as he's going, like you're going to have Michael Rapport to like, but if we're going after another player, like who would he go after? The tough guy stuff doesn't always translate to off the court because, I mean, may, may he rest in peace, but I seen Kobe lose to Reggie Miller, you feel me? Like, right, right. And, and if you lose losing to Reggie, you feel me? Like, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes it's better to just keep the tough guy act and just mm-hmm. with the intense basketball. But I, can, I can't see KD. I don't see KD being a great Yeah, I can't see, I can't see him handling it. Like, I can't see him having hands. Really? So, yeah. like, at all? No, I don't see it either. I think KD would be more of just like a – Oh, I'm this tall and you're short. He'll play. If you're half his size, he'll probably be aggressive. But someone anywhere near his weight class or size, he wouldn't do it. But see, like if Ron Artest walked up on KD. Oh, that's different. That's that's different. That's hard. Like, if Chris Paul went in his face, I don't think he'd do just Chris Paul. I think he'd be terrified of him. I think Chris Paul. I think think he'd be terrified of Chris Paul. He's a little bowling ball. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's even a, someone like someone who's like a six six player. I think, but Westbrook would go in his face, and he probably was anything. I mean, I'm so the, the interesting thing to me is like how all these guys know each other. Like yeah. that's the biggest thing to me. It's like you forget, like oh, you played on 
blank team with such and such. Are you doing this together? Like AAU teams. That and I think that's the thing too. So I'm like, there has to be a level of respect, but I think there are so many beefs in the NBA as well because you run into the same cats like Mm -hmm. over and over again. But um, we were talking about this. uh, Speaking of beef, please explain to me this little Zan. Was it little Zan? Who who got the drink thrown on them? What are you talking about? You didn't hear this story? It's like little Zan threw a drink on little someone else, and then like hey, but they got into a fight. Really? Oh, I thought okay. I was, yeah, no. I oh, it happened. Know. It happened on Twitter, and I was like, oh, this is a big thing. Zan, so I don't care for him. me neither. I was like, oh, two rappers are fighting. I like. I didn't hear this one. Oh, really? Let me get the story because when I read about, it, I was like, yeah, I last thing to... I saw was Takashi ran up on Meek Mill outside <laughs> the club. The thing in the world. <laughs> I mean, that was like beyond dumb. That looked like a setup. Okay, it who's was... Supreme Patty? Oh, oh yeah, the yeah. White boy. Oh yeah, that's... I don't care about them two niggas fighting. Like, yeah, that's that. Those are uh, like the meme kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah no one cares about as the generation Z. Is that something I should care about though? No, because no, you could let no. it go. For for anyone that cares, I just got on TikTok, so I'm trying. <laughs> okay, I was I was talking to some people at work, uh-huh. and we were talking about the evolution of where social media is going, mm-hmm. and they were like, "If you're not on TikTok, you are behind." So I got on TikTok, and I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I saw this pop up on TikTok, and I was like, oh, people must know about this if it yeah, happened on TikTok. Uh-huh. And I realized as I'm talking, I haven't sound older than. No, <laughs> no, you're good. No, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> so you it, made TikTok making videos and shit? I made two videos. <laughs> I made two videos. Uh, my name on TikTok is Chillin' with Curtis. Please, please do something simple. Uh, one was a selfie of me on my 32nd birthday. Explain how old I was. Oh. And then uh, wait, the wait, other, you have a G with no, I'm, no, of course not. You know what's funny is I always do that. Like even now the when end. I'm typing up, yeah, I always forget. This someone's called chilling with the curls. That's what I was saying. Chilling with the Curtis. So chilling with Curtis. Yeah, and then I did one today for opening day of Frank and I in our matching Padre T-shirt. There you go. You're kidding me, Curtis? No, absolutely not. And then random people just started liking it. And oh I had, my god, you really did do that. The key to TikTok is hashtag. So they say mm-hmm. for you and you have to put for you and for me. Oh, see, I didn't even know that because I just started a TikTok two weeks ago. I have but, one, but like, for I know it's so- how you gonna make fun of me for having a TikTok oh, when your ass you know, have first one? First off, I'm a photographer, so I have a reason to fucking have it. You are posting a fucking selfie. I work in I work in digital social media. I don't see shit about ESPN on here right now. That's because I didn't want people to know I worked at ESPN. Okay, How about so that? You have it for no fucking reason. No, I have it to learn. You gotta yeah. you gotta flex that. You gotta put yeah, it in the bio. The key is they say is like you put like for song wise, obviously you put your own music because that makes more sense for yeah. you. Yeah. But let's say you put the, the trend of the top trending song, whatever it is. Yeah. That gives you more for you, for me. It goes on like on like the, the explore page and then depending on what you're like you're looking for hashtag. But the best part, it tells you how many fucking yeah, no, yeah, hashtags no. there are for And, and it tells you what to use. Those six billion hashtags, like, that's the one to use. Yeah. I, oh, really? I started as a joke, and then my cat went viral. And now it has 7.3 million views in two weeks. See? Oh, and my so, God. Like, it, bro, it's, it's insane how that works. Like, I posted something one time. Like, my, I had Trump thing I posted. It went off in, like, for 2,000 in no time. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. That's uh-huh. why I ain't nobody yet. Really? Yeah. So I think my thing that I, I, I was saying off wax, and uh, I gotta admit, why do you keep saying saying off wax? Because technically, like <laughs> you know, that's how radio shows used to be. No, done. I, I know, I know that Curtis, but off air, off air, this, off is, what, air. this is like our fiftieth episode. And now you want to start that? 
I have, I've been saying it the whole time. No, you, have you, have, you haven't noticed it. So I'm going to go back and all go the back. episodes. Go back. I guarantee you I've said it before. Off wax. How guarantee. About you? Are you betting this right you now? You still owe me money. For what? Louis. Raiders not making the playoffs. Are you a Raider fan too? Me yeah, too. We were going to get into that topic. I was going to let y'all get into that topic, but now I'm upset. Because you still owe me $20. You have me proof? Bro. I guarantee we can go back after this show and rewind. I guarantee I've said the phrase, I said this off wax before No, you haven't. I guarantee you. Bro, it's like the security guard shit, bro. You're wrong. Oh, my God. Okay. Anywho, moving on. The one thing I do like about TikTok is there's a lot of uh, cool movements that go on with the the young ladies. Mm -hmm. Like, first, it was the Busted Challenge. And it was Is the, that why you have this stupid No, I told you for my job. Are you not listening? Curtis, first of all, your bio's only here so I don't, I don't get fined. Because they want me to know about it. I keep trying to explain this to you. Curtis, your first video was you saying... A selfie. That's nothing to do with your work at all. It, yeah, because you gotta build that. This following. shows nothing you do. It all it shows you part of fucking video. You fucking cut shit and make highlights. Yes. Where is the cut and highlight in this? I, I got two of them. Yeah, I just joined the Saturday. Polo. Yeah, I, I could do that. I'm trying to learn, man. That's how you, this don't how you have learn. a watermark on it says chilling with Curtis, any of that kind of stuff. See, th- see, now you're helping me. Why don't you use that $20 and build me a watermark? How about you do that and we call it even? Curtis ESPN, chilling with Curtis ESPN. You know ESPN. what I'm saying? Like, there's so much. I, ESPN, Curtis. Curtis, by next week, I swear to God, your next video better be better. But I just getting started. Like, we talk about getting better. It can only go up. I don't even know the app. I'm trying to learn. It's Curtis. So you, have, so you have a week to improve. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank you. Okay. Curtis, like you already assignment. know how to cut videos already. So that's not But I don't know how to cut TikTok videos. That's the problem I'm running into. If you can do that, you can do this. Yeah, yes, yes. I'm sure. If I can use Adobe to cut, like, videos and highlights, yeah, I can you use. Upload it to your fucking phone. 15 seconds. Put a song on it. Done deal. See, I didn't know you could do that. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me I can cut something on my laptop, yeah, it send it to my phone, and then upload it on TikTok. As long as it's a certain kind of file, yes, it should be fine. Do you see how like how hard was that to help another brother out? That's all we had to do to explain. You should have known that. How? You know what? I'm over here looking at stuff Curtis, on TikTok. You cut stuff trying to find for the out. world leader in sports. And you know you could put it on your fucking phone? I didn't know I could cut it from another device, put it on my phone, and then upload it to my TikTok. Yeah, no, now was. that you're saying that, it makes perfect sense. We literally record a podcast and we, from a laptop and I play on my fucking phone. I mean, you can't move devices. Like, I mean, what, everything what you're saying is now, everything you're saying now makes sense. Everything you're saying to I'm me makes 2020, sense. it makes sense. Exactly. Curtis, you always gave me questions. For no reason. Even in front of guests and shit. It's also because you got, you're got chasing tequila with two Oh, I haven't claws. drank yet. I haven't drank yet. I haven't opened anything up yet. He hasn't, he's just like this. Hasn't drank yet. He's getting the poured up. Yeah. He's getting the party started. Just angry for no reason. You can rewind the tape and you can find out for facts. <laughs> it's just Hennessy ran through the blood. That's all it is. It is. It's, it's, it's Hennessy and Hennessy in the Okay, well, you know, I wanted to ask because the Raiders have made a lot of questionable offseason moves. Like, you guys have let a lot of people go. I haven't really had, like, big additions. You re-signed Mariota. Like, how much, like, what are we doing? Are we, like, Derek Carr? Are we moving up in the draft for... Okay, so Justin Fields. Where, where are we at as Raider fans? Like, where are we at? Hey, listen. The second they gave him a 10-year contract, I was just like, well, I guess we got 10 years to figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> the second he got that, ten, it said 10 years, I was like, oh, so we in this for the long haul. It's like, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. happens, I can't say nothing. Like, this is what it is. Like, I got to pray that it works out, like, at this point. Like, there's nothing I can do. It's all, all I can say at this point. Me, personally, I've been a fan my whole life like you. But they have two years to show me that they can make the playoffs or I'm going on a spiritual journey. I'm not going to be another fan of a team. Mm-hmm. I am just going to root for my fantasy team and the bets that I have that week. Yeah. Because as a fan, there comes a point where you have to demand Better. a certain level mm-hmm. of respect from the, from the organization, bro. We had Jack. We had 12 wins. Two years later, he's removed. 
like we our our, our first semblance yeah. of stability and they just got rid of it bro gave old boy 10 years car it's year eight we don't even know if we like him you know you know what i'm saying he declines so bad like that's what i'm broke, saying yeah when you were when you you're talking about when he ruined christmas yes well, yeah, 20, no, yeah. Not, that was so i was like yo this is our year like, yeah bro rolling, new year's eve i mean christmas just, eve i'm just like what the fuck and then he can't he and he's religious as fuck about the knee stuff i'm hearing about like lock, lock, oh, lock, lock, yeah. he won't curse as a leader how can you trust a guy who won't curse Philip like, uh, rivers yeah Phil and then rivers. now he's doing this thing where he's obsessed with kobe so last year was sleeve season this year when he just turned 30 he went to wherever the fuck he was at and posted a cryptic picture and like the caption was they said this was where you went when you turned 40 so i had to come here for 30 they said this was your favorite chair it, it went from sleeve season to ring season i'm like let's back up oh you're not that guy oh, you are oh. not that guy <laughs> I'm, I'm kobe's biggest fan so i'm like bruh you don't have that in you. Like, yeah. you get to the goal line and you're afraid to dive. You fumble at the one yes. religiously. Yeah, so I'm facts. like, bro, who are you? A lot of facts you? right now. No, a lot of true. facts oh, right now. Like, a lot of facts you, right you now. You could embody somebody, but don't act like you're white. You yeah. don't, don't follow like, oh, I did like no motherfucker. Like, you're not going to do what he did. Like, he will do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, like, you are not. He would have played on a broken leg. He yeah. Play on I think the biggest thing with, with the Raiders is like, you're kind of stuck in that mediocrity where it's like, you, anyone in that division can they catch the Chiefs? Like, that's the biggest question. Yeah. And the Raiders gave the Chiefs, like, their only home loss of the season. It's like, oh, my God, like, they're looking good. Had them on the ropes twice. Yeah, and then after and that, it was like, like... We can play... Y'all, y'all, God, y'all can... Like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You play at that level, then you go to Atlanta and do what you did there. Like, it's... Like, there was literally... I was watching last season, I'm just like, you motherfuckers had a shot. Like, you guys could have made it. Then the, the play. playoffs, bro. The Dolphins game and the Chargers, second Chargers game. It came, that's where the season came down literally, to. They put in Fitzpatrick. Like, he made the throw of his life. Yeah, we ran cover yeah. two at the end of a, at the end of a game when you should be in prevent or man at the very least, and they just do that Raiders stuff. We hired a TV guy to be the GM. Yep, and he's yep. whiffed on everything. If if I tell you this, if Henry Ruggs doesn't pan out, and we passed on Jefferson and CD Lamb and even Judy and his drops, I will be sick, bro. Because we got rid of Cooper, yeah. and it, granted he granted he gave up on the team. Yeah. But you can't replace him with just fodder. Willie Sneed? We, we like, bro, John Brown. I'm, I'm cool with John Brown, whatever. He could teach rugs the ropes, but just, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, I like um, the, the two-year thing. I'm having a spiritual journey. I like, yeah, bro, I, I was yeah. I Vegas. I drove by the fucking stadium. I was like... They got this big ass play pin. <laughs> big ass play, big ass play pin with Derek Carr at the head. <laughs> with the Derek helm, Carr, bro. Yeah. Like, I know Vegas hates that shit. Like, and you know what's so crazy? It's like it's gonna sell out. Like because yeah. Vegas, like when I was in Vegas, and like it was kind of sort of like back, and you just got back from Vegas, and it kind of felt that way. But when we're open, open. Oh no, they're gonna go oh, see no, the Raiders. I want to go there for a sports bet. That's a, isn't half the sports? I was I woke up in the morning and I placed a bet on on it's. I won off of. Fuck, what team was it? You wanted enough to pay my twenty dollars? Curtis, you don't have no proof of this. <laughs> I got two eyewitnesses. Where? In Texas. Oh, okay. So that makes no sense to me. <laughs> oh, but, so. I, 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 but I had, had a big bet on um, Syracuse, but they were losing. Against, I think it was Houston they were playing. Okay. Oh, yeah, the I, one game where I was like, hoping they were going to win that one, but yeah. whatever. It's like five bucks. I don't want more. But I won, I won like 100 bucks sports betting. I remember any of the bets I put down on UFC. I put down somebody can get TKO. I was like, I'm a fuck with this. You got to get TKO. No way. He got the TKO. That's what Vegas is all about. Taking yeah, a chance. I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big UFC fan, so I didn't watch. That's but why. you're doing the same thing that I did with the Chargers, where it's like I'm I'm gonna give up on them. Like I hate the way that they're doing, Bro, like how they move. Older, 
I hate the owner, but and that's I think that's the problem. It's like I I dislike the owner and everything that happened. You know, we talked about on the podcast earlier, but like if I go on Google or Apple News, it will be like we recommend L.A. Chargers because that's like all I follow, and it's yeah. like it's still so instinctive to be like, all right. What did Justin Herbert do? Yeah, like, exactly. all right, what did Keenan Allen do? Like, of course. Because you want to see how they do. Now, there is going to come... Be your family does, bro. Nah, 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 nah. I'm cool, cool, cool. There is going to come a time where I'm just like, you know what? Because I root for players, too. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, Tyron Matthew. Like, coming yeah, out of LSU, uh-huh. like, I love how hard he hit. The fact that he got caught up for some weed and had a transfer. And yeah. And no, like, no team wanted to draft him. And then he made it to become a Super Bowl Stupid champion. Stadium. Came to Honey yeah. Badger, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I like stories. I like stories mm-hmm. like that, like... Uh, we haven't talked about it on this podcast, and we probably won't. Uh, but you know, Deshaun Watson, like pulling for him with everything that's going on in Houston. Yeah. Uh, if if the allegations are not true about him, that I'm pulling for him. If they are true, then yeah, we're uh-huh. not there. Yeah, we're not man out. Yeah. So uh, I know you got to go. So I want to get you out of here no, on it's this. All good. Uh, we talked about this off wax um, about <laughs> the whole Quavo situation, mm. and I like I just want to get your thoughts because I look at it as. I saw the video when not Quavo was trending, but Ray Rice was trending. Mm. And I clicked on it and said, oh, they trying to do my boy Quavo like they're doing Ray Rice. And that really like offended me because I was like, do y'all think that Ray Rice is a victim? Did you guys think like Ray Rice didn't deserve to yeah. you know, not come back into the league? But that's just my two cents. So before you get out of here, like that was the biggest story in rap news this week. Mm-hmm. What are some of your thoughts? And Supreme Patty was the no, no, no. That was the biggest TikTok news when I just joined. I'm young. I'm, I'm 32, but I'm still young. So I got three sisters. So you know, thinking about the video from that perspective, um, you don't you don't ever show your power to a female in a in any situation like that. Um, I'm not gonna say. That he, that I don't know the. His, all I saw was the video, the clip. I don't know yeah. what brought about that. What she said, I don't get. I didn't get any of the audio, but I feel like there's a way, a different way he could have handled that. You, you're never supposed to show your strength to a female, yeah. um, and that's all I have to say. It's definitely not the Ray Rice situation, but it's definitely not acceptable behavior. Yeah, um, I feel like there's always like Jay Z. He just took the kicks. You know, we saw that footage. He just took the kicks, take the kicks, yeah. and you get out of there, and then you handle it later. Yeah, I think that's always the best way to go about it. Yeah, I think like that, that video doesn't come close to Solange. I, think, well, I will agree with what he says. Pretty much, there's nothing anybody should be able to tell you to let you get out of your, out of your mind. Yeah. Like, that's one thing. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to say what happened because, again, there's only a certain clip of the video. So there could be, there could be more before or after. That's, that's on them and the law to figure out. And <laughs> yeah. that's how I look at it. <laughs> but he's right. You should never show your strength to a woman because... That could have went way worse. What if he would have swung her on accident and she slipped a little more? Mm-hmm. Hits hey. her head because she didn't get up for a while. That's like, exactly. She probably yeah. she looked like she got thrown against the the, the wall, which yeah. is like it's fine compared to hitting your head on the railing. Yeah, it's yeah. not fine in general, but after that, you have that if you don't fall. Yeah, lesser of two evils. Lesser of two evils, unfortunately. Yeah. And my other question was like, it happened in uh, 2020. So it happened last year, but it happened in North Hollywood. It. She released it. You know, you know, you know for sure she released it. Don't you think it's a big coincidence, bro? They break up. And it's kind of the way that Chris Jenner released the Ray J sex tape. Ah, uh, uh, exactly. What? Yeah. Um, the wink, wink. She wants to be the. She wants to be. I'm not saying she wasn't or not, but she wants to be like, okay, fuck him, for whatever reason. She's probably she could be really, really upset with him for her reason. And I think it's a big coincidence you break up. And out of nowhere, a fucking video from over almost a year ago just so happens to go to TMZ. Yeah, now you know how it goes. Yeah. You know? Well, so the question I saw that I posed to you two, and we can you know, keep this real brief, quick answers. If TMZ were to catch your elevator tape, 
what would you be doing in said elevator? What city am I in? L.A. You're in L.A. Uh-huh. I think for me, it's definitely pushing the door closed. On like someone like who's trying to get like someone who needs help like getting them like. <clears throat> what do I do? Oh, so my biggest thing is when I'm not on elevators, I just press the button and call it to whatever floor that I'm on, and I just keep walking. That would be my thing. Uh, <laughs> I do it on the outside. Do like the Bart Simpson. You just <laughs> yeah. hit like all of them and like walk. Yeah, out. exactly. And the next person that comes on is like really. Yeah, I gotta stop at all these floors. In an elevator, like in Vegas, God knows what I'll be doing in there, drinking, laughing, talking to someone, pushing all the buttons. I never talk about this. Fuck, I hate that shit. I'll be so mad. <laughs> I think I think for mine, like my embarrassing thing that they would catch me doing is like I would definitely be like eating Party. some I would definitely eat something, drop Smash it, drop it, like and then look around and be like, no one saw that. And like yeah. pick it up, like mm-hmm. a slice of pizza or something like that. Never but never any, uh, never any wild because I'm in a fucking elevator. First off, I'm kind of claustrophobic. I don't like elevators on top of that, so like facts. I might get the fuck out of there as soon as possible. So that's why people come out there like, yo, stop being stupid, bro. Like that's time. Like yeah, we can all laugh outside the elevator, yeah. but not like I have fucking the homies. They used to fucking get in there and jump and make things. I'm like, what are y'all uh, doing, bro? Yeah. Stop. Like, yo, there's yeah, 50 yeah. floors here, bro. We go 47. Dog. Yeah. So, uh, so you're not going to remember this, but a year from now, since it's April Fool's Day, I think I'm going to have to do something to you in an elevator. Curtis, why the fuck are you? I'm going to start planning it now. Like, we're going to be so like. So next year. Take him to the Cecil Hotel. <laughs> I'm going to take you somewhere that so has like a really like long. Next year, it'll be on a Friday, most likely. Yeah. And then we will travel somewhere. And Curtis, remember. On the airplane to Costa Rica, like bitch, I have a joke for you. What I respond to you with? I said, oh, yeah. if you fucking smack me, I'ma fuck you up. That's the first thing I said to him. And it was like was just, it, was it was like a, the dumbest it, bad it, joke. It, first off, it was a heartless, funny joke. Like but I looked, it was a corny I, joke, which is he all was, I tell. We're sitting across the aisle, and I was like, hey, I'm like Curtis, if you fucking smack me, I'ma fuck you up. <laughs> you gave him the middle look. of an airplane the while look. we're in the air. Yeah, I'm like, quiet. why? Like, why would you say that in the it middle was, of an airplane? No, it was like, dead quiet. And every everybody heard. Me everybody heard you say it. Like, just so you know, like, yo. The foot, the ground has been set. Yo, Hennessy. That sounds like the, a SNL skit, man. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing to, I'm, I'm gonna just know next Friday, like next year, Friday, April first. I'm gonna play a prank on you in the elevator. But uh, we love having you on. Thank you. Uh, for having need me. to get you back on here. So Appreciate as we it, do at every, the end of every show, like tell us where can people find you, especially your music. Where can people find your music? Yeah, you can find me at Xavier everywhere that you go. It's Apple Music, uh, Spotify. There's a picture of me. Um, You'll see this video and know what the picture looks like. <laughs> Social media, you can go everywhere, Xavier Top Floor. And my website is XavierTopFloor.com. We got merch on there. The merch has been going up, which has been a very a big oh, blessing awesome, during the man. pandemic. Yeah, so yeah, I'm every, everywhere you, you can search Xavier Top Floor, you can find me. Oh, that's awesome. And then, Victor, where can they find you and where can they find the show? So you can find the podcast at the Eros Podcast. You can find the podcast at the Eros Podcast. What is it again? The Eros podcast Eros, is how I pronounce up. it. You say sure. Eros, but you know, tomato, tomato. Okay, that's T H E E R O S P O D C A S T. That's on Twitter or Instagram. Not TikTok yet. Maybe Curtis might start that one. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, you got to pay me more. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and you can find me at V I C underscore G W 403Ds. That's Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You can find me on Instagram at Chill Curtis. TikTok, Chill Curtis. And on Twitter at Curtis Sheen. He's taking on Twitter, chilling with Curtis. No, it's not. I just haven't even looked at it. Why I, have you not? Changed? You got to that's, that's more like professional, like professional. So it's just at Curtis Sheen. Oh, there you go. but yeah, you have a TikTok. Can we get ESPN in one of those, please? Maybe, maybe we, they might get mad at me for putting uh, that. They might be you. like, wait, nobody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> got you, got you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you download, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, uh, and we will catch you again next week. And Victor, what should they do in the meantime? Wear a fucking mask. <laughs>